When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Coffee and Hardcore Season 2, Episode 8. Open up a can of Coffee and Hardcore, you fart knockers. You said fart knockers! <laughs> I did, and you just heard our uh, theme song by the one and only the legendary beast, Skullcrack. Ooh, the one and only. <laughs> we have a great show for you all. We chat with the band Change. Dude, great band. Come on, yeah. man. Come on. Yeah. Great band. I'm excited for this chat. Yeah. Yeah. We also review four killer albums from four bands that we've been stoked about for a while. Very true. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for y'all to hear it. Yes. I'm excited for us each to play a song from the band that we (laughs) each pick that we each like. I'm excited to drop the set list for the show that has all the bands that we review and interview. And that you cut from the show, but we still put in the list. Dude, I like those. I go and I listen to them. They're yeah. fun because I walk to work and back. Yeah. And that's why I listen to them. I wait uh, to work and back. Oh. The, that was a great idea for you to do that. Did you pull that out of your ass or did you get inspired somewhere I pretty else? Much, pretty much pulled it out of my ass. I was like, Do hey, it and cool love idea. it. It is a cool idea. <laughs> uh, we talk coffee. It's the Coffee and Hardcore Podcast, Fart Knockers. Why wouldn't we talk about coffee? That's right. So, hey, let's get into this thing. Fart Knockers! Fresh Fart! All right! This is the section when Mr. Mick... Say what's up. What's up? Sorry, I was in (laughs) mid-drink of coffee. (laughs) What's up? (laughs) I said it right when you took a drink. This is when we talk coffee shop coffee chat and we got mr mark mr mark Sylvester, with us today to talk pots. Pots. <laughs> but mark we have a we have a, a special someone here that wants to talk to you a special someone yeah should we bring him in mick yeah i should hit the button shouldn't i yeah we here got we go. someone someone that wants to say hi to you snap who could it be who could it be <laughs> it's like you can't see the name or anything. it's jacob of Oaken Grown cafe hell yeah what's up dude man you look you can't he's hear muted. You. he's muted. muted yo bro you mute yourself of course he'd mute himself yo you gotta turn off the mute button jacob 
guess what? He froze. <laughs> <laughs> what? The Finger Lakes ain't got no good internet. Hey, you're muted. Here, I'll text it to you. No, he's not muted now. It's just now it's no, no. Now no he sound. has no Wi-Fi. Oh. Maybe you got no Wi-Fi. <laughs> he's texting me back. And his froze. beautiful St. Louis blue shirt. I can hear you guys, he's saying. But we can't hear you. Well, we thought we had a guest for you. At least you can see his Damn. face. You got to see his, his beautiful face. It's been yeah. a long time. It was a beautiful face. He said, I can hear you guys. No, <laughs> no speaker. Let's just, uh, he, yo, he can figure this out. Let's get into this with Mark because he's our All guest. Right. What coffee you got for us today, Mark? Um, I have uh, Water Gap Coffee's uh, Organic Mexican High Grown. Woo! That sounds epic. It's delicious. And you're drinking out of your black coffee, black flag cup? Yes, sir. Look at that. <laughs> Jacob's just going to watch us. <laughs> Creeper. He said it's my Wi-Fi. It's all good. All right. Um, cool. Well, let's get into this. Tell us about this coffee. Um, well, it's a nice dark roast, of course, from Mexico um, with notes of chocolate. Uh, th what their description is uh, chocolate and spice. Um, and that's all the description is, but it's very good. I love coffees with that nice chocolatey um, flavor. It's not bitter at all. It's not very acidic. It's just uh, a nice smooth coffee that I enjoy thoroughly. That's good. So how did you hear about this coffee? Um, I was just doing a search uh, for local coffee roasters and um, Water Gap Coffee came up. And I don't know how I've never heard of them um, because they've been in business for 17 years. Um, They're about 15 minutes from my house. Um, oh, nice. So I kind of reached out to uh, the owner and was like, hey, I'm looking to try some coffees. Uh, what do you recommend? And she was just like, let me put something together for you and you can pick them up um, uh, at, at the mail room that they also own. Um, and uh, let me know what you think. And I was like, cool. So I show up and they have like five different coffees for me to try. And uh, the Mexican high grown happened to be my favorite one out of the bunch. Oh, you sent Mick and I coffee. I did. I sent From, you guys the Tanzanian yeah. pea berry. Did you guys try that? I yeah. did. I even brought it up north and had my whole family try it. Yeah, but they think really good. Well, I yeah. mean, my family drinks Maxwell House, but yeah. really good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I, I should let's say I'm glad I brought it. Yeah, well, that's good. It's always better than <laughs> Maxwell House. I agree. Yeah, I like think my. We, oh, go ahead. Maybe. I was just gonna say, I think we just finished that up. I yeah, think. I mean, it's not really a whole lot to. Yeah. Yeah, but um, it's a bigger it, it's a bigger bag than normal though yeah, the normal bag uh, yeah there's right? are i think there's are 16 ounces i think that bag was a 16 ounce bag yeah it's pretty big usually like around 12 or something like that right but you have something else exciting happening um Ho hopefully happening right i i do i uh started home roasting uh myself uh, uh -oh. which will hopefully uh blossom into doing um uh, you know, some, some sales, uh, because I've just through the whole pandemic thing and, uh, 
teaming up with Jacob from Oak and Crow and uh, getting some stuff together for the firehouse. It kind of little fire under my butt to become a little more passionate about some things. And I was like, you know what? I love coffee. This is, seems really interesting to me. So I started doing some research, started uh, getting some equipment, some beans, and uh, started roasting out of my house now. Have, so you have roasted already? I have roasted. I'm actually drinking some of my uh, first batch right now, which is nice. also uh, a Mexican coffee. Uh, this one, though, is uh, some chocolate uh, with some accents of dried apple, raisin, and brown sugar. So, so what do you nice think of smooth. it? Of your what do, test I, run. what do I think of it? Yeah, um, your test run. Uh, I I, <laughs> I can't ask myself. <laughs> I, I will I will say uh, my fiance. She is brutally honest about everything. And mm-hmm. when she took a sip of it, she was like, "I really like it." She's like, "It's not bitter." She's like, "Even after sitting for a while, and it gets cool, and there's no bitterness to it." So, um, I guess I did pretty well for the first run. Um, That's I cool. roasted it. I roasted another batch uh, the other night. Um, which smells delicious. I didn't grind any of it yet or try it, but it's uh, up in the kitchen. So looking forward to trying that. And then uh, I have some more beans on the way, which I will uh, be doing some experimentation with. And then I'll be sending some stuff out to you guys to try. So you guys can let me know what you think. Yes. Nice. nice. So what are, you, what are you calling this? What are you calling this adventure? Um, it will be called Quarry Stone Coffee. Nice. Just What's because the... we, yeah, well... we, we live in the, what is known as the slate belt. Okay. Um, and in Bangor and the surrounding town is just full of, uh, well now abandoned slate quarries, uh, Bangor, which used to be one of the uh, biggest slate producers, uh, of the country at one time. And, you know, uh, now it's not such a big thing anymore, but you know, the slate quarries are still here. Um, and uh, I just want to kind of pay, you know, a little homage to my hometown. I've I've only ever lived outside of Bangor for for a few years, and uh, I moved back. And uh, along with the fire company, you know, I always like to give you know give back to the community that that uh, I was raised in. They were always uh, good to me. So just want to do something for the community. That's awesome. So not not to interrupt you guys here or anything, but uh, Jacob asked me to text him the Zoom link. So I know that usually doesn't work when I do that because remember I was accidentally doing that to a bunch of people. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. But we'll we'll see. We can do it. We'll see if this works. We thought it would be a cool surprise for you, Mark. Even though it looks yeah. like, <laughs> even though we can't hear him, we can see uh, him. There we go. How's that? Yeah! Oh, we can hear you. It worked. We don't right, see you, but we hear ball. you. Jacob just raised his hand. I don't know what that means. <laughs> What's going on? I see two marks now. You see two marks now? Yeah. That's weird. The hell's going on with this? I don't know, but you're working. Hey, there you are. <laughs> this is crazy. All right. Well, I can Coffee. see you guys. I don't know why you guys. Can you see me at all? No. no. Nope. Weird. Well, All we right, can't hear you. Coffee and technical <laughs> difficulties. Welcome to the show. <laughs> so anyway, coffee, what's and, up? coffee and Mick has a lot of editing to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's up, buddy? We got Mark on here. Nothing. I'm in the middle of roasting for this cafe in Maine. <laughs> 
Yeah, you said it might roasting? be loud in the background. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not in the roasting room. Now I'm back in the roasting room. Mark asked you what you were roasting. Coffee. Uh, I'm roasting some <laughs> Costa Rica, Costa Rica Las Lajas, uh, a black honey process. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, except that uh, it keeps trying to light the roaster on fire with chaff. <laughs> It happens oh. every time I roast, almost every time I roast coffee for this guy. <laughs> Why? I don't know, but he managed to pick coffees that always want to catch on fire. Cursed. But, That's yeah, weird. whatever. But the, the problem is, I was uh, planning on taking the afternoon off, and then he uh, gets a hold of me while I'm at my other job, and he's like, hey, by the way, I need one of those full bags done by Saturday morning. <laughs> So that means my afternoon after going to the co-op all day today and tomorrow is totally shot. Dang. Mm. Sorry to hear that, man. Uh, I signed and on for it, so I can't really say anything. And now we're <laughs> and now we're bugging you. Well, I'm used to it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> hey, you had a coffee though, right? That you wanted to talk about. I won't be able to do it right now. I have too much going on. I'm trying not to catch my roaster on fire. <laughs> You're funny. And I'm about to hit first crack here. Mark, what are you roasting on? I'm, I'm using a whirly pop on my propane grill. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, figure stuff out until I uh, get an actual roaster. Uh, but it seems to be working out. Yeah, you got any pointers for him, Jacob? I've never used one of those. So, uh, no. No. <laughs> I would hate to give him bad information. <laughs> well, how did you start? Uh, I started on a 35-pound uh, a uh, civets air roaster. It was like a huge popcorn popper. Mm. And uh, after that, after a couple of years on that, I moved to a Probat 5-kilo drum roaster. And then a 45 kilo Probat drum roaster. And now I have a Diedrich IR-12. Now he's a professional. He is. Hey, <laughs> hey, I've been a professional for over a decade. Knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> now he's still a professional. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, what did you change that you... You the name of the dumpster fire coffee. You just changed that, right? It's called yeah. Steve. It's it's Red Dragon, and I was gonna go with the traditional Welsh name, but I figured it would be way too confusing because <laughs> Welsh is a ridiculous language. <laughs> so now he's gonna change it to Roaster Fire. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. snap! Got him. <laughs> I wish you guys could smell this. There's burning embers right now. It's <laughs> it's a little unsettling. Oh my gosh! Is it gonna be good still? You think? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just in one of the, uh, the catch trays. Mm. But as soon as I pull this out, I have to dump it into a huge mug of water that I have sitting here. Wow. It's, yeah, it's really hard to explain. I wish we had a video so uh, I could show you guys. I wish we had smell-o-vision. <laughs> <laughs> Scratch and sniff the screen. Oh, yeah. You see this? I'm a professional. Where is it? Look at it. Boom. Oh, roaster of the roaster year. Roaster of the year. Oh, snap. Although that was like 
They're giving those to anybody ago. now. Hey, <laughs> Mark just got to get one next. Whew. I got big yeah. shoes to fill. <laughs> He's talking to somebody. I was talking to Dawn. Say hi, Dawn. What's up? Hey, I tried on her Fred Perry shirts. They didn't fit. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Her Fred Perry's were really small. Sorry, um, man. No, that's cool. I thought it was hilarious. So Jacob, uh, Jacob puts up this post saying, "Here's these Fred Perry's. Um, if anyone wants them, because they don't really fit me anymore, or whatever." So I hit him up. I'm like, "I want them," and he's like, "Well, they're on the side of, would you say, medium small?" Yeah. And I'm like, "I'm like that'll work." And he <laughs> he sends them, and I'm like, "Oh, thanks, dude. This is so great. I'm gonna send you these pictures, guys." And I put these things on and I send them these photos and they're, they're seriously like belly shirts. <laughs> I'm like, dude, what's up with this? And he's like, Oh, sorry. My wife used those ones. <laughs> I warned you. I no, tried it... to warn you. <laughs> Do you see him? Nick? <laughs> The first, the first picture, you look like an old man. <laughs> you look like an old, on? you look like an old man who, who, who somebody stole his his Cheetos at the old folks' home. <laughs> You're pissed and you gotta yell about it. Like who stole I, my Cheetos? <laughs> I gave him a confused face. Like why are these on me? <laughs> Who dressed me this morning? <laughs> I put them on and I showed my wife and she just shook her head like very hard. No. <laughs> Stuffed vegan sausage. <laughs> That's right. Oh, gosh. So, Mark, oh, one thing that I will tell you, one thing that I will tell you while you're getting started, mm -hmm. never say no. Never say no. Uh-oh. Everything you do is going to be a learning process. No, absolutely. Except that you're going to overextend yourself and end up with a bunch of these going on. And, you know, when you'd yeah. rather be eating dinner and relaxing. Yeah. I can yeah. Uh, already tell that that's going to be a, <laughs> a, 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 a thing. But so was life. Yeah. Welcome to your new life. Roasting at 730 yeah. in the in the nighttime. Well, no, yeah. it's only when you're dumb enough to manage two departments at a food co-op during the day. I have so, zero free time these days. But if someone asks you to manage a food co-op, remember, never say no. That's right. Never say no. <laughs> That's not what I meant, but I, I see why you're saying that, damn it. <laughs> oh, Jacob. Just take cool a road that... trip out here and do some roasting. Um, I, funny that you mentioned that. Uh, the wife's or the wife the fiance she, I, she's technically my wife uh her birthday is coming up next month and we need like a kid-free vacation and i said we should go up to the finger lakes so that's perfect maybe... because dawn and i love kid-free <laughs> oh, no offense wiley <laughs> <laughs> i'm a big kid look but at that it worked we, out yeah like that if we uh <laughs> if we decide to make a trip up that way i will definitely let you know nice nice Things are aligning. Stars, and, the world. And it, it and you know what it means? It means more coffee for me. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the world is no longer flat. <laughs> Wait, what? I think it, I think it's cool. <laughs> I think it's cool that Jacob's helping you and that this other lady's helping you. And oh, she's absolutely. Like, Look at that. Wait a minute. That's so huge. if the world's not flat, you're going to tell me that birds are also real then. They're round. <laughs> birds are round. Yes. Birds are round. The world is real. Got it. <laughs> Except for pigeons, because pigeons are actually government video cameras. Drones? Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> I like that. I like that. Why do you think I there's think so many in cities? Makes sense. It does make sense. I thought they were just flying rats, but that does make sense. Mick, did you let that cat in yet? No, Francie sad, Nancy. Sad, sad yeah. story. Sad story. Oh no, oh, no. We we actually don't know. Like we haven't seen either of the cats for like a month and a half now. My wife is completely, totally tore up. Oh she, no. She, she had she the one cat had kittens and uh she kind of was staying in her owner's house more. And then a, I think after the kittens happened and they got you know they were able to give out the kittens. I think they got rid of the cats. We haven't seen really. Them. Yeah, that's a bummer. It is a bummer. Bring, My wife bring is very back upset. Prancy Nancy. Yes, bring back Prancy Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jacob, at least tell us the coffee that you are going to review, so we can put it in the notes. It's, and- it's a Columbia from. I'll I'll uh, give you the notes I have afterwards. Uh, I'll send them to you. It's a coffee from Nightflyer Coffee Roasters in North Carolina. It's a natural processed Columbia, and it's absolutely delicious. Uh, I don't have the notes in front of me. I actually, I was going to brew some while we were doing this before I realized I was going to have to roast. Uh, I had a whole plan for this. It's okay, man. And, and it kind of got ruined. We're just happy to see you but, uh, and talk to you. Finally, now that, uh, you know, it's weird. Next time, let's do this. Uh, Remind me to do it on my phone, not a computer, because this seems to be working a lot better. <laughs> Will do. Sorry, I ventured. I don't know if you can still see me. I had to come outside for some fresh air. I'm wandering around the uh, the back of the roasting area by the barns. Yeah, it looks nice out there. Looks very peaceful. Nice and quiet. It is until I get all wound up because the neighbors are being loud, and I pull out the shotgun and start firing off rounds behind the barn. Do they do they get quiet after that? Uh. Uh, they last time they got real quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I hate to be a, a party pooper, but I got to get this finished. I've uh, I've only seen my wife for about an hour and a half since about six thirty this morning. Okay, buddy. Well, thanks for having me on again and uh, letting me sneak up on Mark. <laughs> it was fun. For sure. I, yeah, thanks for coming on. All, all the help. This was an interesting coffee chat. We got it. Well, next we got time, yeah. Behind next the time, remind me to do it on the phone, and then uh, I won't cut out next time. We'll do. All right, brother. All Be right. Safe. Thanks again. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, All right Jacob. Take care, man. Sounds good. Sounds good, buddy. Bye. Yep. Bye. Bye. Cool. Uh, so I'm excited for you to send us some of your home brewed coffee. Yeah, I'm excited when, to send you some. When do you think that'll? Uh, be up and going uh i think the beans will get here next week i believe so hopefully uh it's not 100 plus degrees outside and i can stand mm, over no. the, the stove to do that um so bad so, so hopefully within the next few weeks i'll have some sense of you guys awesome. that'd be great we're excited yeah man 
Awesome. If, I'm excited if, to send it. Cool. All right, brother. Well, we got a lot more to record for this show, so we're going to let you go. Sorry for all the uh, technical difficulties. Hey, that's fine. <laughs> just go. I just go with the flow, man. It's just yeah. Throw whatever at me. I don't care. You got to. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. All right, guys. Take care. That was the song Balance by the band Change. We have a few members from Change with us today. Uh, introduce yourself, guys, and what you do in the band. Uh, my name is Aram, and I sing. My name is Chris. I play guitar. Yes. Barely, barely walk, <laughs> jumping around like a fool. But we are super excited to have Change on the show because Mick and I love this band. And my personal top three records of 2020 are drained california cursed vanguard rage of deliverance and the change record closer still three unstoppable records of last year good work on a flawless record guys so let's get into this you ready definitely all right let's do it already so how did you all form change and what were the top influences musically for this band um so Chris and I played together for years uh, in Champion, and we've been like super close friends forever. Like, you know, we're like in each other's like wedding parties and speak at each other's weddings and stuff. So we've been buddies for a really long time and more than buddies. We've been like family for a really long time. And um, we'd been going through a, a challenging time uh, as a group of friends. And I had written a bunch of songs that I had like recorded a few years earlier with a bunch of uh, a bunch of guys locally that were in a band called keep it clear the music wasn't for keep it clear it was another thing that we were doing and we never finished the record it just was there without uh, vocals and it was all songs that i had written and i'd been playing guitar on and so we were going through this tough time and uh i was just going through a lot of just personal strife and like lots of anxiety lots of depression and I decided to go back and finish the songs and do vocals on it. And so I started writing some lyrics and a lot of ups and downs. It took me a long time to get there. And then when I started doing vocals, it took me a long time. And I didn't tell anyone I was doing this. I was just doing it basically for myself to kind of like work out how I felt. And um, when I finished the record, I didn't even know what I was going to do with it. I, I didn't have a plan to release it. It was more like it was something I had to finish and it was something I had to complete. So the first person I sent it to was Chris because he would be like within the first three people that I'd send anything to. So I sent it over to him and he was instantly like really supportive. And that's really how the band started, even though it wasn't really a band. It was more just like, here are these songs. Then he gave me feedback and I'll, you know, Chris, I don't know what you want to add to 
uh, after well, that. Real quick, did you play guitar on these and send them to him? Like, did you have what? What was this format that you sent to him? Uh, yeah, so like it was completed record. It was like a okay. finished finished record. And so I'd played rhythm guitar, and then a guy named Dave Mitchell played uh, lead guitar. A guy named Carl played bass, and a guy named Alex uh, played drums. So Alex okay. is in punitive damage, and Dave and Carl are in a band now called Apple White, which is kind of like more of a shoegaze kind of band. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So you sent it over to Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he sent it to me, say? and you know, it's it's you know, like Aram said, it's it, it was something that we were kind of both working through together. There were a lot of conversations, you know, as he's going through this process, and and so you know, it, it was a long, a long process over the course of a few years. And, and one day he just sent it to me and it's like, Hey, it's done. And I was like, Whoa, it's done. Uh, and yeah, I, I put it on and I was like, and th- this was the first time I heard it. He had, he didn't send me like any of the early, like, um, you know, scratch tracks or anything like that. He sent it to me and I was just like blown away instantly. I was like, Whoa, this is awesome. Like, and I think at this point, correct me if you're wrong, if I'm wrong here, Ram, but you didn't really know yet if, you know, this was going to be a band or just something you were going to do and just having your, you know, for your personal, um, you know, enjoyment and therapy and and stuff like that. And I was just like, instantly like, dude, you got to put this out. Like, this is awesome. Yeah, Um, that's exactly it. I I had no plans to put it out at all. So Chris, uh, Chris was like, you got to do it. And then obviously I was like, well, okay, if I'm going to do it, if I'm going to put it out, then you got to play guitar. And actually, I think he was like, put it out. And like, you know, I want to play guitar. And I was like, hell yeah, like, let's do it. And then um, when I'd been writing the lyrics, uh, our friend Jeff, who sings in Odd Man Out, and he was in Angel Dust and and all that kind of stuff, and Gag, um, Jeff had been someone that I'd actually been sending lyrics to. And like, he'd been like, kind of helping me refine my ideas. Because when I started writing the lyrics, I was like a mess. And I was writing like, just like overwriting everything and like being like super like out there so he was kind of like my yeah that's good or no you should keep working on it kind of guy and uh so he was obviously like the guy we had to get to play drums and then um our friend mike who's like a super close friend of all of ours and he's a really good friend of mine uh lives locally and he was totally down to play guitar and then chris i I didn't know our bass player was the only guy i didn't know chris recommended matt and that's how matt got in the band and it's just been like cool everyone gets along everyone's super like everyone's very nice and really relaxed so it's like a very nice band situation. There's no like overtly yeah. intense like person in the band. So let me try to wrap my head around this. So you got these songs recorded with a different group of people and then you sought out a band to play live. Yeah, a totally different group of people. I'm the only person who recorded on the record that's like, okay, that plays. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, but now that you have like a set lineup, if you guys choose to do another record, you're going to have these group of guys on it. Yeah, this is the band. For sure. Okay. It's not, it's not like a band where anyone's interchangeable. Like this is the band. Gotcha. Yeah. So what what what's the inspiration? Like what musically inspired you guys to do this? Um. Well, youth of today. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yo, guys, thanks for the riffs, but like, um, because well, you guys are vegan straight edge, right? No. Or no, no. or you are. We're a straight edge band for sure. Like 100% straight edge band with a, like a vegan vegetarian message. Like that's one of the things, like I'll, I'll get to that in a sec. Like youth of today was like number one influence, but it'd be youth of today, uniform choice, seven seconds instead, uh, sportswear. And then like some of the, like the more melodic stuff would be embrace verbal assault shelter. Like those would be the influences for the band. Those are um, great influences, by the way. 
Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, and it was the kind of band I've always wanted to do something like this, something that's like super musical. The songwriting is like the the focus is the songwriting. It's like the craft of songwriting. And there's a lot of time spent with these with these songs. And the guys who play it on the record are like phenomenal musicians. So like that was the impetus was like doing something like that with along those lines, but like the highest level of musicianship, like really writing cool songs and also like not being down to like, I'd say like musically, like I probably played it too safe lots of times. I wanted to do stuff that was like just interesting. Like, yeah, let's do this. Let's do that. Especially if like, you know, like you're just doing it to just doing it to, for the art of writing a song and writing a cool song. Like, yeah, that, that was awesome. Um, that was the impetus around straight edge for sure. 100% straight edge band. Like everyone's in the band uh, is straight edge and you'd have to be straight edge to be in the band for sure. Not as a like blocker, but it's just like, that's the style. This is what we are. That's right. It, but it, it's, it's also, I think it's like an important thing of straight edge and it's cool to be in a band. The um, vegan vegetarian stuff, I'm real specific. Straight edge band with a vegetarian vegan message because you would not have to be vegan or vegetarian to be in this band. And the main reason isn't so we could get the right people in the band. It's that I think it's such a, um, for me, it says more about it, being able to be in a band that has a strong message where, where people can be ideologically, ideologically different, but they can still support the ideas. And so not everyone in the band is a vegetarian or vegan. I certainly am, but uh, that's, that's where we're at with that. Yeah, that's, yeah. I agree with that completely too, because Mick and I started a band and I'm the only, well, we're all straight edge, straight edge band, but I'm the only vegan in the band. Yeah. So I completely understand that. Um, but so what was the inspiration for the band name? And I want to get also second part of this question is the artwork. Like that artwork is brilliant. It's amazing. So that's a two-parter. What was the inspiration for the band name and the artwork of that record? Um, the name came to me. Uh, so like there's something I, I was thinking about this interview today and, and what I would want to say about songwriting and what I want to say about this band. Like when I'm, when I'm writing lyrics, the way that the way that the lyrics should go in a, in a song kind of reveal themselves over time. Like when you're really immersed in a song and you're spending time and you're trying different things over time, it just kind of reveals itself. And it was the same thing with the band name. Like I wasn't sweating it cause I wasn't trying to like be in a band. I was just mm -hmm. like, I did this thing. But one day it just hit me. I was just sitting around working and just like the name popped into my head change. And I thought about it. It was like, listen, like my world changed. Chris's world changed. Like our, we went through a, unbelievably brutal time and um our, our group of friends and, and a lot of people associated with it and a lot of things changed as a result and that something i hope to believe that things change for the better and will continue to change for the better but there's also like there was a lot of dark stuff happening like there's a lot of bad change and difficult change and scary change and as a result of all of that stuff it's like you can only hope that as you walk through the the, the utter slog of that stuff that you come out a better person and that that was the the idea behind the name and you know when i think about it it just keeps it keeps hitting me on a bunch of different levels like it's it's the band name that definitely works for this band this group of people this time and like the message of the band for sure uh chris i don't know what would you add to that um yeah i mean it this is some of these questions are all about like the the impetus and the inspiration and stuff and and you know that was certainly uh, more of a Rams vision. Um, so I don't know how much I have to add to that, but, it, but I love the idea of it. And I love the, you know, just the nature of 
Rem, maybe you can speak to this too, but the idea of the album title Closer Still, I think is is super important as well. Do you want to touch on that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, when something happens, like if you get like you touch a hot stove, you pull away and uh, you're not like, oh, I want to do that again. And uh, when something stuff happens in life and it it hurts you in a way that makes you want to recoil and it makes you want to run away. The whole idea is like, you can run away. Like you can run away from a lot of things in life. And in fact, you can run away from things and never look at something again, ever. You know, like you can run away from bad situations, bad people, bad friendships, bad relationships, bad jobs. Or you can stop and you can turn back around and you can look at that thing and not just take it in, but actually get closer to that suffering. And when I say closer, the whole idea is like, get, actually get closer still to it. Like, don't just understand what happened understand the road that brought you there, the decisions that brought you there, what you saw, what you didn't see, why things happened. Try and understand the people behind it, not just in like a angry way, but in a, also like, well, how did that happen to them? And like, why did they react that way? And how did that happen? And just really try and understand it from an empathetic space of like, I wanna really understand myself and other people to understand how we got here. And it sucks and it's horrible and it doesn't feel good. So it's like, imagine holding your hand to, to a hot stove it's that kind of idea, but it's not a hot stove. It's like an emotional pain. And and for me, at least the only way to like grow from that and get better from that is like not just turning around and looking at it, but it's actually getting closer still to that and, and then really sitting with that pain and trying to figure it out. And that's how, what the song title or the record's about, the title of the record. So this is a very personal record for you, I'm, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't, and you don't have to get into this. And if I'm overstepping, uh, let me know. But so you, you said, hard things happen for you guys can you elaborate on that or is that something that you'd like to keep personal like what what exactly happened for you to get into the headspace to write these songs and to put this record out oh chris if you want to speak about it well what i was going to add real quick before we go there i think you know going back to what i was saying before about uh, you know, when I said to Rem, you, you have to put this out. Like part of it was certainly, yeah, it's musically, it's awesome. It rips, it sounds cool. But like, I think what really struck me was was the emotion and the the message behind it and, and the lyrical content and, and you know, the idea of um, growing past depression and, and uh, you know, facing things like real serious things. And, and I think that that message is something that, you know, whether or not people are dealing with a specific scenario, like, like we did, or, you know, their own personal traumatic incidents, like, I think a lot of people can learn from um, some of that mentality of, of, you know, I guess just the approach of, of overcoming adversity of, of dealing with the depression um, with, you know, embracing it so that you can get over, over it. Sure. What do you think, Mick? You got anything no, to add? No, I was just going to say that I'm hearing the story behind uh, the album, the name, everything just totally makes sense when uh, I look at how therapeutic this album has been for my house in this last year um i know we've talked about wiley and i have talked about this album since last probably since it came out we kind of we talked about it and, and then we finally reviewed Didn't it we give the it show. album of the year 
Yeah. Yeah. One of them. Yeah. One of them. Yeah. So for us, it's, it's always kind of been, at least for me, I know it's been in the rotation for the last year and it's been very therapeutic. Like every time it's like, like I, you know, and we'll talk about this in a second, but the bass tone is killer. Like I'm all about it. I'm like, (laughs) it's his favorite bass tone, by the way. And, uh, (laughs) and so, and so there's that part of it. And like, and you know, like you said, Chris, the, the, the instrumentation and all that is unreal. But when you put the whole package together and what's being poured out and then the emotion in it, it's just, you can feel it. So, you know, uh, whatever, whatever happened, you, that's definitely coming out and you can yeah. feel the, it's just, it's beyond just therapy. It's just very refreshing. It's um, just real open and you can feel it. And you, and it, I don't know, it was very, like I said, it's, it's been very therapeutic for me in the last year. So, well, and we had, uh, we just dropped an episode today with tuning and I, I wasn't able to make that, um, that chat, but Mick talked with them and there, there was a very similar, um, aspect to their record. That was very therapeutic for them too. And they were going through, um, some tough times. And I actually just listened to the whole thing yesterday for the first time. And, um, it was just interesting. It's interesting to hear how a piece of music that you listen to and, and that you get into um, a piece of art, it, how it opens up. And when you hear the story, it becomes almost three-dimensional for you. Yeah. Like I, I feel like now listening to your guys's record, I'm going to see it in a whole different light, you know? So that's really cool when you find out the backstory about those kind of things and about art and records and bands. Yeah. So, so again, we appreciate it. <laughs> yeah and tuning awesome band uh oh, for so sure shout out to them um but yeah that's one of the things i love the most about hardcore is like you know there's a lot of good music out there but like with hardcore you know in particular everything that goes into it is is a part of the package it's not just how it sounds it's what it's about what it looks like you know the the values uh the yeah. representations oh yeah the words are huge for hardcore that's what i love about hardcore it's not just pop music nothing against pop music or people who like it but <laughs> but i like that uh the hardcore message is is raw and real and close to home and so i i can tell i don't know if you guys want to talk about it which you don't have to but i can tell there's a lot of that in your record and i think that's what makes it for me one of the best records of 2020 so it's real yeah um so like i'll i'll like i'll talk about it just a bit like i don't want to go too deep into it because like I, I i kind of feel like i've said everything i need to say about it at this point i've talked about it in a lot of the podcasts yeah. but like well i don't want to pressure you either so no 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 like i'll, I'll just like i don't want to talk around it either so like chris and i were in champion together and um the singer of champion in 2016 was uh you know accused of of um sexually assaulting like a huge huge number of, of women i think like 100 people came out uh, about holy it. cow yeah it was it was really like it's as serious as it gets. It was really, really serious. And, you know, th- I won't go into the whole story because, like, I don't want to, like, tell anyone's story. I don't want to bum anyone out. And I'm also not, like, I don't know, like, I'm not trying to, like, win the people over here. Like, I, it's, like, it's you can find all the stories online. And, uh, it, it's, it's a really serious discussion. I don't think people should not look into it. I think you should look into it. Like, I think it's an important thing to do. And Chris and I were, like, really, like, the two people in the band who like dealt with it and we were like really like did our best to get through it and it was a really mm. just a terrible situation 
and we dealt with it and we did the best we could. And I, like, I can't speak for Chris, but like, I, I mean, it changed my life forever. Like my life is forever changed, but like, um, I spiraled into like real serious depression about a year. Like I was in probably a state of shock for about a year. Like I didn't, like, I, I was just kind of like going through life kind of a little mechanically. And then about a year ish later, I like hit like a crazy depression, like total, like blackout depression and like super anxious, became socially anxious, couldn't hang out with people, couldn't be around people. And uh, it took me a long time to, to get, to get back on track. And I didn't actually like fully feel like myself again until, um, until we did the tour, until we did the, the change tour. And after that, I felt like, I felt like I'd fully step back into who I am and like, it, you know, like I'd been getting better over the years between then. So like, you know, this happened in 2016, the change record came out in um, 2020, right? Yeah. yeah. And we did a tour that year. So it took me about four years to like really get back on my feet. And this isn't like some like, Oh, poor us story. Like, I, I mean, it's really serious stuff happened and two things can be true here. Like really serious stuff happened. And like, we totally acknowledge and like, want to give that space and also there's like a group of friends who were just like completely knocked off their feet and there were yeah. multiple people especially chris and i that really like struggled through that because uh, there's like all sorts of stuff that i can get into i won't but essentially um i'd been kind of like pushing through it because you know i have like a job i built a company i like you know had a kid like you got to be present in your life but also I was like, I was trying to show up in my life, but also like dealing with this, this turmoil and that was first external, but then it became all internal. And, uh, around 2019, I started to really get and get back to being who I am. And by 2020, I was like really back to who I am, but a much better version of who I, who I was. Like, I'd say like this thing helped me address things that needed to be addressed in my personality and just who I am in a way where I feel like I'm a much like healthier, happier, well-balanced person than I was before any of this happened. So that's me dealing with that and then dealing with just the aspects of my life is what the record's about. Well, that's a clearly a fitting name for the band then. Wow. And I didn't know that you two were in champion that that's pretty huge. And so um, um, Chris, is the there other anything? Thing, the other I'm thing sorry that, that I... happened to you though. Yeah, I mean, you know, this situation was obviously a, a rough situation, and there's a, a lot of people who, uh, you know, are affected a lot worse than than we were as people that, you know, were close to, you know, the band and stuff. But I think, you know, beyond the personal nature, like, you know, you look at situations like this and you you try to think about how to learn and how to move on how to to not make a positive out of a negative because that's way too simplistic but like you know something that i've thought a about a lot over the last few years is how important it is like particularly as men in the scene to talk about consent and like what consent is and and you know how power dynamics play into consent how age plays into consent alcohol um, and so I would just encourage everyone to, you know, have, have those open conversations about consent and, uh, you know, what exactly it means. Um, and hopefully, you know, through having those conversations, we can move to a, you know, closer to a, a reality where that kind of stuff doesn't happen because it happens way too much. 
you know, yeah. in our scene and in lots of scenes in the world at large, like hardcore, we think of hardcore as kind of this bastion of uh, um, this safe space from the outside world, but there's a lot of the ugly stuff from the outside world that that creeps its way in. So it's important to realize that and to to talk about it and keep that dialogue open. Yeah, and I know you said a lot of people are affected by it, but also me looking in at you two, you put your life and your time, invested time in your life into a band and one person can ruin all that. That's, that's terrible. So I think it's great that you guys joined back together and started this band and called it Change. That sounds very therapeutic. Uh, all right, Don Cameo. <laughs> Dog cameos are my favorite, by the way. Oh, dog cameos and my mom just came upstairs too. <laughs> mom! That's awesome. So can you, and it feels weird to like jump into something else right now, but oh, can you guys talk about uh, the artwork? What inspired it? Because I got to say, that's one of my favorite, and I'm not just pulling your chain here, but I feel like that's one of my favorite covers that I've seen in a while too. Um, oh man, artwork. So obviously like huge, I'm a massive uniform choice fan, like, I, you yeah. know, even if you look at photos of like Betrayed, I'm almost always wearing a uniform choice shirt, like visually uniform. Like right now? Yeah. <laughs> visually uniform choice from like the way, like all of their layouts were and shirts were, they're just like a really visually striking band. They knew how to put together a layout. And that also was for like all the bands in the Wishing Well. Like Wishing Well had like a really cool vibe. So when the record was coming out and like, you know, Chris and I had been like, all right, like we're going to do this band. I was like, God, I gotta, yeah, I gotta come up with some artwork. And that has chronically been my weakest space. Like if you look at almost any record I've, that I've played on, the art has never been an afterthought, but I'll tell you this, like when we were playing a champion, it was like, we weren't like, oh, let's make the greatest record with the most beautiful art. We were like, yeah, we gotta go to Australia. Like we gotta write, we gotta write a record. We gotta get it out. We gotta do this tour. Like we were always about like the live experience and meeting people and the adventure. So the art was never like the focus. And it wasn't that we didn't care about it, but like we weren't like none of us were like really like uh, gifted that way, uh, I, or I think like had a we weren't students of it. But I we were, hmm? yeah, and we were lucky enough to have like people designing the stuff that that were students of that because I I think a lot of the artwork looks awesome, um, but as Aram said, it was never like we poured every thought that we had into the artwork. It was kind of like uh yeah this is kind of the vibe we're going for like what do you got totally totally it like our, our friend scott mcgrath did uh the promises captain and was just like man you got it like you, you just do it and nailed it give us the art right um mm -hmm. but uh with this like you know you know, i didn't know if i was i don't i don't know if i'll ever do another record again i i, I believe change will do lots of records i think change is going to be a band for a long time i hope you know knock on wood but um I don't know if I'm going to do something again. And I was like, this record was so important to me and I felt it was important to Chris. I wanted to do it right. And so like, I, I sat down with like a ton of records. I looked at color schemes. Like I was like really thought about it. I like had our friend Eric do the logo. And then I had my friend, Mike, who lives in Denver, like the logo him. as the name, right? You mean? Yeah. But yeah. Okay. And, and then like Mike kind of helped like build off that. And then Eric, who's like this incredible uh, uh, artist uh, out in Salt Lake City, he drew the tree and him and I went back and forth on it a bit. And then my friend, yeah, John, so cool. yeah, he did a great job. My friend, John, who uh, lives in Oslo, he um, used to play guitar in a band called Common Cause. 
he came up with like the color scheme behind it. And then Evan who sang in mindset and who uh, runs react, he did like the construction of the layout. So it was like really like this, like international village of people coming together to make this happen. And it was yeah. cool because like everybody added their own take on it. And for me, it's like, it, I like, I couldn't have, it's like, for me, the favorite, my favorite piece of like altogether packaging along with like how it sounds, the songs and everything, everything came together just right. So I feel like really good about it. Well, so for the listener, it's basically, it's a tree, like a shadow of a tree, right? Or not a shadow, but like a, a black outline of the tree. And it has the band name changed underneath it. But in the background, it's got this light blue, these purples and pink and almost like the comic dots. Yeah, That's what I really love about this is when I saw that, like the attention to detail, even like the grass on the bottom, that's kind of blowing. It's dude, it's awesome artwork. Good job, and man. I, I will add to like, there, there, there's an aspect in there too, that you might not have even noticed. Cause I never noticed it until I heard Aram talk about it on another podcast. And that's that if you look at one side of the tree, it's uh -huh. different from like the other side. Oh yeah. They're done in different, different art styles. So like, oh, you mean completely different styles. Yeah. So like Eric, Eric called me and he was like, Eric is incredible. He does art for a, a ton of, uh, a ton of people. Oh, and so yeah. he hit me up. He's like, Hey, I could draw it this way or I could draw it this way. And I was like, want to do both? Half of the tree this way, half the tree that way. And he was like, Oh, I changed. I was like, yeah. yeah. Cause one side's fuller than the other side. Yeah. And they're actually done in different styles. Like if you were to talk to Eric, he could get like right down to like how he actually did it. Um, it's specifically done. One is done in one style. Another style That's cool. like in style. Well, even more respect. <laughs> you guys are killing it. Um, let's see here. What was, what was the recording process like for this record? I know we talked about it in the beginning. Um, but I mean, like, so you, you, when you wrote all these songs, did you have an idea how you wanted everything to sound like you played guitar on it? Did you, did you, do you play bass also and drums? No. So you basically play guitar and wrote it and then you sent it out for people to play bass and drums on it. No, it wasn't that, it wasn't that simple. Like I got to okay. give total props to Dave and Carl and Alex. So like we'd played and keep it clear together for like many, many uh, years. And like, we gotten into a space of how to like write songs together. And like, we, we'd also like, um, we played in this like short lived band called true identity. And like, I was always in keep it clear. Dave was the songwriter, Dave and, and the singer, Andy was the songwriter, but in this it's like, like, I'm going to come to the table with the songs, but what was real cool about it was like nothing was off the table. So I'd come into, into the song and then maybe uh, Alex would be like, Oh, we should speed up that song. Or like Carl would be like, Oh, we should like move this here. Oh. So it was like this really collaborative, took a super long time to write each song. We like deconstructed everything. Then we pieced it back together. Like we were literally like going home and like listening to other bands and being like, well, what if we did something like this? And it was cool. So like, I'd say for every song, I came in with like the root verse and chorus, and then we just deconstructed everything. And then sure. one of the songs were Fraction, Dave Mitchell wrote, and then we went through that same process. We, we deconstructed it. So it was cool. Like those guys, and like, they were they're killer musicians. So I knew how I wanted it to sound. And what I knew I wanted specifically was the interplay between the bass and the drums. And like, if you listen to We're Not In The Salon, like, 
you know, of course, Ray's vocals are killer. Porcel's doing great on guitar, but the interplay between Walter and Sammy is insane on that record. The way those those two instruments work together, and it's almost like they're like playing tag, like you know, like tag, you're it. Like who's gonna like kind of drive this right now? From song to song, and we're not in this alone. It's it's some of the best. It's what I believe in hardcore is maybe the best representation of how bass and drums can drive a record without anyone even knowing they're driving a record. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's what I wanted to focus on was how the interplay between the bass and the drums and like really specifically like some of the, like the down, like the downstrokes of the bass and then like the kick pedal. And like, I, dude, I was sitting down, like listening on headphones, like, no, that's off. Like try, try this, try that. And like, we were like, even in the studio, like I'd have Alex be like, "Hey, do that thing, but now do it in reverse. I want you to like play that beat backwards." And he was like, "I, I, cool. I don't know really what you're talking about? Yeah, That's it was cool. like, it was like, it was crazy. So it was really good. Um, we had tons of fun in the studio. This guy Jesse Gander recorded it, and and it was just like, just dudes trying stuff, and it was really, really, really fun. Um, and then I brought Dave back into the studio, Dave Mitchell back in the studio to do a bunch of the like kind of like more metal solos. And it was like, like, I don't want to say like tense, but it was definitely like, it wasn't like a pleasant experience for either one of us because like <laughs> Dave is like loves hardcore and he's like a phenomenal, phenomenal musician. And he's like very, very well, well versed in lots of kinds of music. And, and he loves hardcore and punk without a doubt. But like, I love crossover thrash and there's like a lot of that actually in the record yeah it's like, mm -hmm. it's like a real subtext in the record that i baked in because at that time you got to think stuff like you know we're not in this alone it's being written in the backdrop of like agnostic front doing what they were doing right and like dri being a huge band yeah, so whether yeah. or not they knew it like of course some of the power of crossover is like entering into what youth of today was doing so like I was getting Dave to do some of the solos. I'm referencing like crossover records and like thrash records. And like, you know, I literally said to Dave at one point, I was like, hey, listen, I want you to like this solo right here. I want you to think like 30% uh, Warzone and like 70% Megadeth and maybe like a little nuclear assault. And he was like, I don't even, what is that? What do you even mean? I, like, I don't know. Just keep that in mind as you do that. But Brain I mean, explosion. <laughs> he crushed it like he totally crushed it and so like but it was weird it was like two people trying to do something where like one person is a phenomenal musician and the other person like i am not a good guitar player by any means so like i knew what i wanted it to sound like but i couldn't play it so i was just giving him like references sure like, but that's huge too right to orchestrate yeah, it, it you know it was well it was cool but it was like tense because i'd be like no no you've got to have like 10 percent more war zone it's too thrash like 10 percent more war zone. yeah and he's like, like well <laughs> you're telling me technical terms not you know not not rabies terms but the record <laughs> the record sounds the way it does is because jesse's an incredible engineer uh he grew up in like punk and hark or he, he sang in this band called dbs uh which is like a canadian like legendary band he's like a really talented engineer and um uh mixer and producer so he knew how to make it sound good it was done in a good studio and then dave who play guitar is like a tone master and then carl who played bass is like also a tone master so oh like they know, bass they know how to make those that stuff work i had nothing to do with any of that i was just like make it sound sick which, which yeah they did. Man, then, talk about talk about the bass tone with them let them know what you think oh no all right so my <laughs> my my favorite bass player in the world is doug pinnick from king's x and i don't really even i did king's x but i've 
I really got into them because of the bass tone. The bass tone sounds like Godzilla destroying Tokyo. And the only other band that I've ever heard, like make me go, what is you guys? When I heard the bass tone, I was like, holy crap, what in the world is going on right now? It, it was, it was like Mecha Godzilla destroying a city. (laughs) So intense. I just, yeah. uh, Yeah. Nick and I had off air conversations about based about your guys' bass tone a lot too. Yeah. Cause we're doing a project together, a straight edge project. And I'm like, what, what do you want your bass? He's playing bass by the way. And I'm like, what do you want your bass tone? to sound like, he's like change. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta talk to Carl, man. Carl's like the nicest dude ever. Oh. Like you should, you should message him. He'll, he'll walk you all through it. Okay. Speaking, definitely. Speaking That'd of, be cool. Uh, speaking of King's X and Doug, did you like that band KMX that he does? There's a couple songs that, um, just because his vocals, I just like his vocals too. But there's a couple times that some of their stuff is pretty killer. I was like, okay, Dude, I'll roll with this. Song, that song, <laughs> break, that song, breakdown. Yes. Okay. the The riff is kind of like a kind of a junkyard riff, like it's like not a cool riff, but the song is cool. But specifically the chorus, and I'm gonna promise you something that like it has already influenced some of my ideas for like choruses for the next record. Cause it's, it's got like a real prog sound yeah. to it. Yeah. And like, dude, straight up, this record had a lot of influence from like, also like eighties, eighties, um, like pop and prog music because of like the way they play with like layered vocals and like layered sounds. So like we definitely pulled from a lot of stuff. Anyways, good. I love the King's X reference, but definitely when we did, did the recording, there was like fun times where we're like, damn, this is like coming out cool. And there were times where people were like, stop referencing like these weird bands that like we don't know about. Like we know about them, but we don't listen to it. So it was cool. Um, I did the vocals with our friend of Render who uh, has a home studio. And um, I hadn't sung since Betrayed. So like, I didn't have like the pipes to do it, you know? So I wanted to work out how I was gonna make it work. Um, so Render is like a true hardcore metal guy. Like he loves hardcore and he loves metal. Like At The Gates is his favorite band. So I could sit there and like, knock out ideas with him and be like hey what if we did this kind of like from a dank nasty perspective but then we folded something like this and like you have to know a certain you got to work with someone who can talk in those terms to understand what you're saying and he'd be like i know exactly what you're talking about so like it was really cool working with a render because like it was uh, like he he came like I would all, I would kind of like, I'd feel pretty comfortable saying like he helped like produce how the vocal sounded because like he played such a part in the creative process and it was really cool just have him as a partner. At the same time, I was like finishing my master's degree while I was doing this. So like I'd go and do like a practicum on a Sunday and like do all this like total like psychology work. And then I'd leave the studio, I'd leave there and go to the studio and scream my head off for like three hours. So it was like a fun dynamic that was happening at the same time. <laughs> Let off some stress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I kind of want to talk about the the last track, the the death poem, spoken word kind of thing, where that came from. Was that something that had been written before for something else? Did you write it for this? What talk about that track? Um so when I was like really like really depressed. So like there was a like I was going through a lot of depression and I'd started a company. I'd started my own company and it was like stressful starting a, a company. And um, I'd found myself in like a really challenging relationship. Like I, you know, like the situation, like, I don't know. I don't want to like blame. I don't want to like 
it's tough where I could go. I just found myself in a position where like everything in my life was unhappy, like really fucking unhappy. I was in an unhappy marriage. I was really depressed, super, super anxious. I found myself owning this house that I didn't want to own. I was like, my dad got really, really, really sick. And like, it just felt like everything was bad. Everything was bad. And it's probably the first time in my life that I ever like really was like, Hey, I don't know if I want to wake up tomorrow. And I don't know if I want to be here next week. And I don't know if I, I actually don't know if I could handle the next thing that happens. Like, I don't know if I could handle it. Cause like a bunch of really serious things all happened within a, a short, like about a three year period of my life. And I started really thinking like, I ah, just like, you know, like fantasy thinking like, God, what if I got hit by a car today? Like, that would be amazing. Like I wouldn't have to deal with any of this stuff. And it was weird because like, I grew up, I grew up going to Catholic school and I, I'm not like religious and I don't like, I don't believe in any kind of God. And I haven't ever since I've gotten a punk, you know, like I'm not like, I don't believe in that, but it's weird. Cause I was raised that way. It was like, I had this like weird, almost subliminal belief that this is the audition. And then after you die is the show. Right. Like, mm. and like, it's like a weird mechanism that was in my head that it's like, well, you know, you're just going through this to get to that. And when I started to get like, I mean, like dark, dark, like things went real dark for me. It was the first time I ever really, I could feel like sense my, my uh, mortality. Like the idea that it was like, no, 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 like this isn't an audition. Like this isn't practice for something else. And like the two minutes that you're spending feeling like this right now is two minutes you're never getting back. And that like, that dream that you have that something bad happens to you on the on the way to work is like if that was real if that was reality there's no like second chance there's no regaining that i have like a, i had and still have this beautiful young daughter that i have to be looking out for and it was just really like i don't know how to explain it but like maybe the reality of like where my mind was going suddenly became real to me where i was like oh shit like like death is like a real thing and in a really weird, I know that sounds almost stupid, like, of course, death is real. And we all know people have died. But it was like, the first time I had actually ever really been like, Oh, no, dude, like, you could die tomorrow, you could die right now, like, that could be it. And it, in a weird way, like jogged me back into reality, where I was like, yo, I need to get a hold of myself, I need to get a hold of my life, I need to start, I need to do things to change my life to make myself happier to stop feeling this way. And I've been depressed, just like anyone gets depressed. But it was the first time I'd ever felt that level of like, truly like serious, severe depression. And when I was coming out of that, uh, I was writing a lot at the time, writing lyrics for the record. And I wrote that about that feeling where it was like, oh, like the best for me, the best reminder to live my life with like purpose and like thoughtfulness was the fact that like death is actually a real thing. And death in a lot of ways is a blessing. If you can recognize the reality of death, there is no better reminder that you should make the most out of every minute that you have. And that's what that was about. Yeah. Oh, oh, cause I agree. We all know that death exists and that it's real, but I also agree with you that some of us don't take the time to actually think about it and process it. And I think to be honest, I'm 40 and I hadn't processed that, you know, until I was in my late thirties. So I think, I think a lot of us try to run away from that feeling. And it's sometimes it's hard for us to to get our minds to, to be still enough to get there. Yeah. Right. So I, that's cool. Thanks for sharing that. I appreciate it. Mick, anything? <laughs> no, that was, I don't, once again, the, the concept and the, and everything that you guys are doing with this is so, 
it's so therapeutic it was good it was good like the conversation that we had with tuning and jeremy the singer for tuning was talking about how um he when he mentioned you all and then he mentioned be well and a few other bands he was like there's so many people stepping up and are not afraid to talk about these subjects and put out stuff that is actually more than just something that people can beat on each other with which is a good you know that's fun and therapeutic in itself but we're going to the next level and actually talking about things stuff that real stuff that people are actually going through and especially now with everything that's happening uh with the pandemic and everything just hearing stuff like this and it just opens the doors for people are actually talking about this stuff and i think talking about mental health and punk and hardcore is huge yeah I think it's good that bands like you are stepping out and talking about that. Right. Uh, can we take a, a, a five second sidebar on something? Of course. Yeah. Have you listened to a recent Zale? Oh, yeah. of course. Yeah. Sick, man. Like, like, <laughs> Zale is like, like we, we reviewed that record on the last two podcasts ago. Yeah. Yeah. And you yeah. like it? Oh, yeah. I, I think it's their best record. Sent. Mick was on the first two records. He helped write, write those records, but I think with that newer lineup, which I guess is now the old lineup, I don't know, but because right. um, they've been around for like 15 years now, but I think it's the best record since Save Yourself from Hell. Man, like I, I was talking to someone recently where I was like, yo, I'm not like, you know, I'm not like driving around in my car listening to Zale, but like, damn, like that, like they've put out like really consistently good records and like they're, what was the one they uh, had virus in the title about four or five years ago? What was it? Uh, the Well-Intentioned Virus. Yeah, well, that's a really good record. That's an yeah. Indie, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a really good record. Like, I was like, what? Like, it's like 15 years later, Zayo's, Zayo's a band still? And they're ready for a <laughs> EP? Like, it's it's good. Like, yeah. if, you're, if you're still friends with those guys, give them props. Like, they, they yeah. definitely can, they can, they can deliver. Well, yeah, the crazy thing is, is there was kind of a couple of years there where there was some separation because we're all in different places. But man, in the last four or five years, we've kind of, it's, it's almost like the, it's almost like family reunion time now when we all go to a show or whatever it's kind of kind of cool to hang out but um that new record i i tell tell about the tell about the drummer how he put out preface oh yeah like if it wasn't like we released some early demo stuff and jeff was the guy who kind of was pushing that he's like yeah this you guys need to put this out now let's get this guy and this guy involved and we'll help do that he he jeff is the one that helped us get all our uh because none of us knew what we were doing we didn't have knew how to sign up for anything and he was like you guys need to sign up for your ASCAP and you guys need to sign up for this and I was like okay and he goes yeah he got them all royalties for yeah, this record this is the first time I ever got royalties ever like it's what 20 years later and i'm like i got a check in the middle i was like what the heck (laughs) (laughs) i can make money from music (laughs) so so it was incredible yeah those those guys like they you know that's something that i did a long time ago those guys have been doing it for i mean it's like a whole other thing 20 some 25 years ago for me so yeah it's insane yeah well where did the where did the time go? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it all went in that beautiful white beard of Mix. Yes. <laughs> the father time beard. What uh, what future plans does uh, Change have as a band? Any tours, new EP, or record in the works, maybe? Man. Okay. So we have <laughs> new so, merch. We have so many shows unannounced that we're just see, kind of seeing what happens. Like, 
we yeah so like we don't want to be like irresponsible and start being like oh we got this that that and this we have a show booked uh the second just another gig which is in tacoma washington on september 18th a bunch of awesome bands but we have like we have stuff booked or being booked up until like december of 2022 like we have like a lot Oof. of stuff yeah wow. we've got sorry no december of 2022 we have we have a, a lot of cool stuff and like what's cool is like this band essentially um, a couple of members are moving towards California. One lives in Seattle. Like me and Mike live here in Vancouver, BC, Canada. Like we're not like out trying to be like a band band. We're just out like we love hardcore. We love playing like this kind of music. We're all straight edge. We're all friends. We love traveling. So yeah, like and and also like everyone in the band is actually into hardcore, which is cool. Like I mean, so much of how I do stuff about hardcore is actually based on what I learned from from Chris. Like. I'm going to say like a, a story about Chris is like Chris used to like get other bands demos and bring them on tour with us and like, you know, like give them out or sell them just because he was always trying to like make other people aware of like local bands and again, that's, demos that's awesome. Yeah. But yeah. like that kind of idea, like had a huge impact on me and that's like part of why I ended up doing react. And that's like part of how we run the change Instagram is like always trying to like hype up other bands and draw attention. Cause it's like, you know what, like, you can't like mug everything for yourself. Like the whole idea right. of the platform, you should be sharing it from like a community perspective, but yeah, we got a, a ton of plans that way. Chris, is there anything you want to add in there? Um, no, I mean, just co-sign everything you said. Like we just love hardcore. We want to play these songs. We want to, you know, mm -hmm. I just want to get on stage and have people jump off it and, uh, <laughs> and just hang out together. Like, you know, two yeah. of us live in Canada, as Aram said, and three of us live in the US. So I haven't seen Aram or Mike since March 2020. You know, mm -hmm. it's been a year oh, and a half wow. since I've even physically seen two of the members in the band. Uh, the other two members that live in Seattle, uh, you know, I, I still hang out with them quite a bit. But yeah, Aram and uh, Mike are uh, stuck on the other side of uh, a closed border right now. And um oh yeah so you said you, i'm just you like to like hang out again you know yeah. with each other so canada Grab is close right now isn't it yeah yeah like i can i can travel for business um and uh -huh. like we're, we're about to start doing that but uh it's been closed it might open up in in august like we're we're pretty positive we're going to be able to play this show in september but yeah we it's been closed for like well over a year like well well over a year yeah because we have a, a guitar player for the band that mick and i started the the straight edge band is in Canada and he's basically saying he can't get to a studio right now. Oh, where in Canada is he? Hmm. I can't tell you that. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't tell like, you. He's got witness protection. Or <laughs> I could tell you, but I got to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> I meant, I don't live down the street from me. What's going on? Is it me? Like... <laughs> don't you know you're playing guitar in our band? Bro? <laughs> it's, your dog, it's your dog blue. Oh, it's blue. Okay. okay. Uh, um, uh, in terms of uh, what we're going to do next recording, like, I mean, I like, I have like, so like I have a ton of songs, a ton, a ton of songs. And like, it's, it's, it's really about like how we can get together, how much time we can spend together. Like we have, like, we've talked about doing something with tuning, like with our friends tuning, like we've talked about like what labels, cause there are a few labels have reached out and it's not like, again, we're not trying to like be a band. And I'd say one of the real important things for both Chris and I is like, wait, what do you mean? You're not trying to be a band. Well, like we're going to be a band, but this is what I mean by it. It's like 
Hardcore only has like a finite amount of shows, record labels, anything going on at a, at a certain time. Sure. And, and we're out playing, like we're going to be a band, we're going to do these things, but like we want to play super cool shows. We want to like put out cool records, great, great record labels. But Chris and I very fortunately had a time where we were able to like tour the world and do all this cool stuff and put out all these records. And like, there's a kind of, I think a kind of thing of being like older people who are still playing in bands, which is like, make sure that you're not trying to like round up all the glory back to towards yourself again. And like really respect like the current generation and the generations that are coming up and to respect their space. So like if cool shows are coming up, of course we want to play a cool show, but like, do we need to play every single cool show and like fight and battle to get those shows? It's like, dude, I want to play with like, awesome bands and like bands that I'm psyched on current really really cool bands like if Drain came it's like yeah I want to play with Drain but sure, also yeah. like recognizing like yo there's probably a kid who's like 17 years old who's like Drain is their favorite band and for them that's their youth of today and it's like you know what it, it's cool if we don't get everything and it's cool if we don't play any show it's cool if we don't take every if a record label is going to put it out like maybe or record labels that maybe we help turn them on to other uh, other bands and like I'm not saying that from like what good guys we are, but more from like the mindfulness of being an older person who's playing in bands who've already had a shot at it. It's like, don't, don't try and eat up all the resources. Don't tread lightly or don't tread heavily, tread lightly and try and be like a connector of other people. So that's I don't know. wise. That's wise. Like Chris, I don't know. Is there anything you want to add to that? No, I think that's that's well said. Like, you know, don't get us wrong. Like, we love doing this. I can't wait to get on stage and play again. I can't wait to, you know, hopefully have kids jumping on top of me while I'm try trying to play guitar. Uh, but like at the same time, we also wanna don't want to like suck up all the you know all the air in the room, you know. So, what? Yeah. Who put out this record? I guess I don't. Was it New Age? React. 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 Yeah. Oh, okay. react, I knew that. Is a, react is a label that i started a long time ago and it's oh random. that's that's your label uh, well it's it's a guy named evan's label who sang in mind set okay. i started it and then i pass it over to evan oh nice that's cool are you guys looking for any bands no <laughs> <laughs> i'm just teasing you um so this is the time when you guys can plug any of your friends bands coffee shops record labels or anything that you want Go ahead. Uh, I, lo I love this part of the interview because it's like, I don't know, there's just so much good stuff in hardcore right now. Like, I don't know. I, I think it's a really good time. Like, even though there hasn't been, at least in our our area, there hasn't been a show in a year and a half. Um, you know, they're coming back slowly but surely. But, you know, despite that, it, it's weird. It's an interesting uh, dynamic because hardcore is such a live thing like such a live experience it's so crucial to the reality of hardcore to have shows and have like energy and feel that but at the same time even though that hasn't been happening there's been a lot of really cool stuff that i've just been super psyched on um i could probably list off bands for like a half hour but like <laughs> um mick you mentioned be well earlier <clears throat> their record last year was probably one of my favorites of the year yeah. um side from I think they're from North Carolina, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, sick band, initiate, entry from LA, time and pressure, uh, punitive pressure damage. Uh, one step closer is one of my favorite bands right now. Oh yeah. 
who else dare rejection. oh inclination oh inclination is so sick a rejection I I, yeah i was gonna say i stepped on a ram when he shouted out re rejection pack the homies from boise um do you uh, do you drink coffee at all well i, I got i got i got enough couple of things in there ingrown scowl yeah um tsunami um dare chris you said dare right Mm -hmm. did, yeah uh cool band from southern california called firestarter they're neat oh there's my current favorite band uh like new band is a band called jade dust from portland and they are like what's it called jade dust they put jade out a demo, dust. They just gonna, put out a demo oh. it's so sick but like they've got a record coming out on a label called extinction burst which is a very cool record label dude this new record is phenomenal like if you, Do you like know what the demo is called so i can look it up I'll look at it for you right now, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, they're really well. He does that. Uh, the Chain Whip EP that just came out. Oh yeah, is so sick. I love it. It's one of my favorite records of the year. Violent Spirit. Have you guys heard that EP from Finland? No, <laughs> no. Dude, Write that, that down, Nick. I am so <laughs> sick. It's like, it's like Poison Idea with Maiden riffs. Oh wow! Whoa. It's got like Motorhead vibes at times. <laughs> Like some that sounds Japanese amazing. hardcore influence. It's gnarly. Like my first time listening through it, like I got like maybe a song or two in. I was like, ah, this might be a little bit much for me because it's just like all over the place. Mm -hmm. But then by the time I finished the fourth song, I was like, no, this is like one of the best things that came out this year because they just they do take all these influences and they cram it in to like. You, just like what's the name of them again? Violent Spirit. Violent Spirit. Yeah, they're Finland band. Finland. Oh, great. Um, the Jade Dust demo is just self-titled, but like you can find them. Oh, okay. They're like, okay. Yeah. So so good. They, oh, they uh, have a band. They have a band camp. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Cool. And Berth Old City as well. Oh yeah. Oh they're, yeah. Yeah, we didn't we review that record. Yes. Yeah, that we did. And I also really like that band Speedway from uh, Sweden. Yeah, They're so right. sick. On Rev now. Yeah. No Riot from California. Mm -hmm. Oh, you, know, you Pillars you also, of Ivory. Yeah, POI. Yeah. Um, outside of music, have you guys ever seen the show Wayne on Prime on Amazon Prime? No. No, I saw an I saw an ad for it the other day. So is it good? What's, what's it's that so all about? sick. It's so <laughs> there's a dude. The dude that wrote it is a hardcore kid from Brockton, Massachusetts, and um, awesome dude. Uh, moved to LA, I believe, and and he's a writer there. But it's just a sick show about like this kid, like this kind of like poor kid that grew up in Brockton, Massachusetts, and it's uh I mean, the story's kind of interesting. Like it's, it's about his dad dies and his dad before he dies tells him, Hey, I bought you this like trans Sam, but your, your mom's boyfriend stole it basically. And they live in Florida. So like this kid basically gets on his motorbike, gets this girl he just met and they like run away to Florida to try and get the trans Sam back from this messed up like, <laughs> Florida family. But it's so sick. And it's got like fucked up is in the soundtrack refuse there's youth of today song in it oh nice um, wow so check it out it's on amazon prime it's called wayne oh cool i put that in my notes yeah um <laughs> coffee though like definitely timeless in oakland 
is the best. I love Timeless. I love Heartwork uh, in San Diego. Um, uh, Aaron Dahlbeck from Bain has his own coffee company that uh, is real, real, real cool. Um, so check that out. And then locally, man, what coffee do I mess with? I don't know. There's a place called Turks that I love. It's like locally owned little coffee shop owners, like a real bizarro cat, which I'm, I'm real into. So like, I'm real into that. It's cool. Have you guys ever heard of a little coffee shop called Starbucks? <laughs> I, to, now I'm telling you the truth and I'm not just like saying this to be super cool guy. I've never had Starbucks coffee. I, I appreciate that because what I was actually going to say is you couldn't pay me enough to support that place because their owner used to own the Seattle Supersonics and sold them to a group that promptly moved them to Oklahoma City. So oh. a hard boycott for the last 12 years or so. It's personal for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving your sports teams. Nope. <laughs> Yeah, man. They took at our time at that time our only title that the Seattle had. Gave it away to Oklahoma City. Well, now you have a hockey team. Yeah. You're going to have a hockey team. You excited about that? Yeah, I'm super excited. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't name well, I could name some of the players that we have because I've been following it, but like I couldn't name you one hockey player, you know, over the last probably since Eric Lindros when I lived in Philly. But yeah, I was religiously watched hockey from like 91 to 2001 and then picked it back up this year and watched all the way to the Stanley Cup. I watched Tampa Bay win it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan of anything Florida, so. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm pumped though. I love Seattle sports, so I'm really psyched to get a team and, um, you know, have grudge matches with a, a Rams team up, up north. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. I don't care about hockey though. So like, oh. I, I, like I, I don't, cause I cared about hockey so much when I was a kid, I grew up in Calgary. I, I, uh -huh. I was into the flames and I was there for like the Oilers dynasty and then like Calgary, the rivalry and like, like yeah. Theo Fleury and like all of those guys, like when they finally beat Edmonton, mm -hmm. but then didn't like in the playoffs, but then didn't win the cup. But then the next year they, they, they won the cup and it was like the greatest. And I don't know. I just like, I just never cared after that. Like, I felt like I climbed Everest, like, even though I didn't right. do anything. Actually, what I did do when I was a kid, I had a top to bottom Calgary uh, Flames sweatsuit. So I had respect. Was it an Adidas sweatsuit? No, it was just like, you know, whatever. Tearaway. Tear, like, <laughs> Full tearaway. It was a, it was a red, it was a red crew neck with a giant flaming C. It was red yes. sweatpants with a flaming C. And I had a corduroy hat, red corduroy hat. I would wear one. So that was my, that was my, uh, that's like Grant Pollard style. Band photo. Yeah. <laughs> that image, I got that imagery in my head and I, I'll never let it go. Thank you for that. Good. <laughs> my gift to you. But I was a, I grew up in Michigan. So I was a Detroit fan back in the 90s. So I feel you because Detroit didn't oh, win yeah. at all. And then boom, two in a row. Well, and, and that, that was, was when exciting. I, when I was in Philly and I was a Flyers fan and you guys beat mm, us. That's right. So, <laughs> yep. Take that. <laughs> cool. Um, last question here. And I like this question. So um, humor me. What is your guilty pleasure movie TV show? Boom. Hmm. <laughs> 
I don't even know. I'm shameless. Come on. I'm shameless. shameless? So I don't. I don't know. No, I'm shameless. Oh. So I don't know if I have guilty pleasures. It's just stuff I like, and because it's sick. Like, yeah. uh, what's I something think... that's like cringy that you wouldn't want to like tell your grandma or somebody that you watch it? See, I think Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the best TV show ever made. I like Buff. I like Buffy too. There you go. That's not cringy. It's like, <laughs> no, like, it's, it's just like really the truth. Classic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it certainly can't be, but it's true. It's amazing. Um, I'm like a real sci-fi geek, so like mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, so if you ask me how many episodes of or how many times I've watched e- each episode of like all of the major Star Trek f- franchises, there's like no answer. But <laughs> I'll tell you where it gets. I'll tell you where it gets interesting. It's that I have transcended watching the show, which I still watch all the time. I listen to podcasts and watch YouTube videos about episodes and like I'll listen oh. to like a two hour conversation about the wrath of Khan. And like I'll, yeah, that's cringy stuff that I definitely do. And like I'm <laughs> real into like discussions about classic sci-fi. Like I love it. I love it, especially about Star Trek the Next Generation. I like Red Letter Media does like these like top 10 best, best uh the next generation conversations. And like I will just be like. Oh yeah, so uh, that's a fantastic point. Sir. Like, you know, like I'm really into it. That sounds that's like funny. me, but with like fantasy football. Uh, podcast. Oh yeah, there yeah, you go. That's terrible. That's it's a guilty pleasure that you don't want to admit. Fantasy but, football. Admit Except that's real, Chris. <laughs> that, that actually is like based on some kind of thing that's actually happening. <laughs> like real yeah. people doing sort sort of yeah. Are you saying the Wrath of Khan isn't real? Well, you the know, what? Klingon is a leg- is an actual language. You know yeah. what? what? What's reality at this point? I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're totally right. That's what my wife listens to podcasts about Harry Potter and uh, what's the other one? The the one about hobbits and stuff. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, thank you, yeah. Lord of the Rings. So she'll she'll totally understand. Yeah, I, I'm sitting here laughing because the other day when I was uh, driving around for work, I totally listened to a two hour podcast on why the Schmiller on so. <laughs> The the what? Token. I was I was listening to something about tokens for for two hours. So yeah. So moral (laughs) of the story here: podcasts are cringy. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm not kidding. Like when you're saying that, like last night I I listened to like what was the backstory of the Witch King from, and I was like, what is his backstory of the Witch King? I really got to dig into this. Like I'm doing the dishes in my house and I'm listening to this. So I'm with you, man. Yep. That's awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for putting out a killer record and for being on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you for opening up about everything that you guys have gone through. We super appreciate that. Um, I always like it when the podcast gets real. Um, we can have real conversations with people. So I appreciate that. Thanks for being on. Thanks for taking the time. Mick, you want to outro this? Yeah. Take us out of it. Yeah, totally. Thanks, guys. And uh, if there's one song you want to play off the album, what would it be to close us out? <laughs> I see the wheels turning. Uh, unexpressed. Awesome. Oh, no, no. Still. Still. No, still. All right. Still. Still. All right. Here we go. Let's drop still.
All right, so we're at that part of the show where we review bands and albums that we yes. like. <laughs> I second that. You second that? <laughs> um, and we got, man, we got four really good albums this time. We do. I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it. So would you like me to start with one of yeah. my picks first? All yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Let's start. Let's start with this one. Because I, well, I won't get into any of that. I just, we're just going to start with one of mine. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about the album, The Weight and Cost by the band Be Well. Album dropped August 21st of 2020. It's 11 tracks. 12 I tracks, right? 12 tracks? That was 11. <laughs> 11 or 12 tracks. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> um, but it does have it's uh, like it's 12 tracks 12 tracks i must have missed one my bad uh 12 tracks it's got um the guitarist oh from- wait a minute oh no wait hold on wait a minute yeah you're right it's only 11 it's the 11 but it's 12 on Bandcamp and spotify because they have the, the extra conf- song the, yeah the single edit yeah of confessional yeah. Right. Like who does that anymore? Who so, does single edits? <laughs> like there's no radio so, radio play anymore. Like what? <laughs> so in a way, we're both right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but mostly you are right. <laughs> but this has uh the singer for battery in it. It has uh the guitar player from Bane and Converge in it. And uh I heard these guys a while ago, but um the singer for tuning brought him up again. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to dig into that album again. Cause I dug it, but I just didn't kind of listen to it all the way through. And so I uh, started playing it more and more in the car. And I was like, you know what? I, I really dig this album. Uh, you can, you can hear hints of battery in it. You can totally hear the singer's old band. Uh, I even hear, uh, you know, beyond, just battery from because they're from dc but i i hear a, a ton of dc hardcore influence uh i even hear uh, a little bit of have heart in it and uh before we get too far it is a little emo a little <laughs> <laughs> but for me uh you know it it's not too much it's listen it's just a damn good album in my opinion it is just straight punch you in the gut emotional therapeutic uh i don't, I don't even know how to i i can't i can't explain how much i love this album um i listen to it so much that for uh my 17 uh year an- uh, wedding anniversary my wife actually bought me the vinyl and a t-shirt she was like you've been listening to this so much i was like i know that you dig oh this really? Thing. She got it. Oh for yeah, you? she got you me know? the vinyl and the and the T-shirt, and so, uh, cool. so now I have it on vinyl to listen to. I love it. I love the sound of it. I love the guitar tone. I love this the energy behind everything. And honestly, it's the vocals that kind of sell it because it's it, it is very sing songy at moments, but you can kind of hear hear the push that 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 and I don't even, I don't have any other way any other way to describe it, but it reminds me of of battery so much his his just the way he throws lyrics together and then throws out the rhythm to his his vocals it just 
I don't know. It just gets me. And so, and that on top of that, just the emotional impact of the lyrics and the drive of the music is it's it for, I love it. I love this album. It's going to be very hard for me for this, not to be one of my, I know it came out in 2020, but for me listening, I guess uh, this year it's become one of my favorites. Uh, and my, and my track off this album is strength for breath. I love that song. And I want to play it because everybody needs to experience it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so let's drop it. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> So what did you think? Well, <laughs> this Be Well record, you sent it to me. I didn't know anything about them at yeah. all. Yeah. Never heard of them. And then after you sent it to me, I heard a bunch of people talking about it, a bunch of people posting it. But yeah, we inter- or we chatted with the change yeah. and the singer, like you just said, talked about them too. And I was like, that's, you know what? I need to go back. I did the same thing. You sent it to me. And I listened to it and I was like, I don't know about this record. And then when I saw other people uh, post it and talk about it, I was like, I don't, what, what? I must be missing something. And then when the singer changed, talked about it, I was like, all right, I'm going to go back and give this another honest listen and try to figure this record out to see if I like it or not. Because I don't think I gave it the right amount of time to, to figure it out. So all I got to say is, this album is interesting. <laughs> it has a taking back Sunday meets hardcore vibe for me. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, 
it's hardcore and yet it's not hardcore at all <laughs> i don't know right how, i don't I know. Did, you can't it's weird i don't hate it and it's not my favorite <laughs> i think it's a good listen um but it's not something like i would put on repeat on purpose like while i was working or i don't know whatever like i don't know it's just something i don't think i'd listen to all the time um but it's a good solid record too so it's conflicting it's confusing it turns right. my brain to a pretzel um <laughs> each passing day and longing might be my favorite tracks because I think those two mix hardcore punk with that emo sound kind of the most. Right. I, I, at least that's what I got. Um, all the instruments I think are perfect. They're right on for the style. It's just not my style of music as a whole. Usually dot, 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 back in. Dot, dot. <laughs> back in. But then after all these dudes and people and whoever are posting about this band, uh, I gave it more listens. I gave it a few weeks. Cause you said this to me a while ago. Yeah. We've yeah. had this, we've been able to listen to this for a little over a month. Right. Um, so I listened to it and then I stopped. I didn't listen to it at all for two weeks. And then I wrote this out and then I started listening to it again. Gave it a few weeks and it actually has really grown on me a lot after each listen. It had, it, and I know I said I wouldn't put this on rotation, but it has been in my rotation. And I think it's one of those records that really needs to grow on you because it's, it's just so funny. It's like, it, it's completely hardcore and emo mixed together, which DC right. that makes sense because like right. Fugazi, you know, and, right. But I don't know. It's different. It, the styles, are different i think they mesh together well after you get used to it and then the end i have to say i really dig it so yes i'm a fan of it <laughs> <laughs> but i'm still so i still i'm walking that fence still so well i i think the reason why when you give it a second listen because when you first when when you first turn it on and and you're automatically like you know because the first i think the first time i listened to it i was like you know what this is really maybe it's a little too emo-y so to speak like uh to taking back sunday you know what i'm saying like taking yeah. back sunday is fine every once in a while but like but to me it's like the more i listen to it and the more i heard the guitar parts and everything but the phrasing and the lyrics and all that it just became it just wasn't typical like it didn't it wasn't emo to be emo it wasn't yeah, you know, yeah. it was That's, it's it was almost it was like the i don't know you could just feel the intensity like it had to be done this way well it was so. real like they didn't they weren't like let's make an emo hardcore band right like i felt like they just played music and it came out that way maybe right yeah because um, i think and that's the reason why that strength the strength for breath song was so impactful because when i sat and listened to you know what was what was being said i was like you know holy cow like th this guy's like tearing his guts out here like yeah there, there was something there's some real something that happened and this is the byproduct of it and i'm like holy crap 
And then, you know, compared to, oh, hey, let's see if we can write a song <laughs> about a broke breakup that I had 20 years ago. And let's write a song about it and make it emotional. And then all the kids will be happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, this is just a difference. So it's no, more I real. Do. So it's what's, very real. So what song, what song did you want to play off of this? <sighs> Passing Day. Passing Day. All right. Sweet. Let's, let's do it. it. All right. Here we go. you want to do one of yours now go back yeah all right let's do that we'll do that we'll do that i'm gonna do goodbye world Uh oh is the band at death's door okay is the album came out may of this year 2021 okay check this out 15 tracks clocking in at under 12 minutes what do you think about them apples (laughs) (laughs) So I have to say that I absolutely love how obnoxious and noisy this album is. (laughs) Every vocal melody and every song sounds pretty much exactly the same. And I love it. I'm a sucker for that. I don't know why. Sometimes it's just therapeutic for me to put on a record. It sounds almost the same all the way through. Does that make any sense? It, it can, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. I think it's because, like, when you sent me the Be Well record, I did not expect that. So I was like, oh, 
But when I put this on, this is exactly what I expect. expected it to be. <laughs> and it was exactly what I expected to be through the whole way through. And for some reason, that was comforting to me. <laughs> I, every song sounds the same in the best way possible, for sure. It gives me a sense of relaxation. And I know that sounds crazy, but it kind of like it almost becomes background noise and it helps my brain relax. I don't know. Weird. That might be weird. <laughs> but. But the monotony of the snare drum beat, the same guitar riff, and the same vocal pattern puts me in a good state of mind. Uh, I, I have to say, I, <laughs> weird enough, I know that doesn't sound like a positive thing, all those things I just said, but it is. And uh, I like this album a lot. It's basically a metal thrash. It's like, I don't know, it's, I, I can't really explain it, but it's like if you put like a metal thrash pan in a trash can and you like rolled it down a hill <laughs> and the same in like this you heard like the person yelling in the same ah, ah, like same pattern that's this right. record and it's what like rolling down it's like rolling down this hill and it's hitting potholes it changes a little um i approve of this record let's drop the track hacked to pieces of course it's called that right boom Yeah, so that was hacked to pieces, and it's a total of one minute and thirteen seconds. So we we just played you the whole song, right? The whole thing, because you had to you you had to experience it. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Uh, All right, Uncle Mick. So this is how I would describe this album: it's nonstop, it's very loud. I agree with you that it's obnoxious and noisy. It sounds like a bunch of metal battle bots got into a rumble in a tin can factory. Ooh. Just going at it. There was thought behind that. I like that. <laughs> and um at first listen, I I it just assaulted all my senses. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if I can dig this or not. Uh, so I had to, I had to wait and and listen to it a little bit (laughs) yeah yeah i had to to come back and listen to it again and uh i started to realize that this it this album definitely changes your mood in a good way like because at one point i just laugh because i'm like who who came up with this for one and then the sounds and the barrage of everything that's happening i'm like 
who does this? And then I just appreciate it more. And is and like and it does sound like the same thing over and over again, but there is some sort of soothing quality to it, and that, that's so weird <laughs> to say. Um, and so I found that I have to be in the mood to listen to it. But I, I will say this: this is this. If you have any demolition to do around your house, any type of anything that you need to tear apart, you need to turn on this album. Or if you want to be, if you want to be crazy, like, like I am, you, you get your two sons in a room and turn it on and just watch what happens next because they're going to start wrestling and fighting and punching. And it just makes a great soundtrack. (laughs) Give them both a Dr. Pepper and shake them up, shake them up and let them go. (laughs) But no, it, it, and it does, it just sounds like it could just, it's just the soundtrack to demolition is what it is. And, and the track. The track that I dig the most is the the song "Normal," which how does <laughs> how does that even song title even fit? But the bass intro is like fifty seconds of just buzz sauce. <laughs> it's just just tearing things apart. And I'm like, what? And and oh, uh, I just I love it. It's just it's it's insane. This uh. if. if it's just insane, and, and the def isn't the definition of insanity is to keep repeating the same thing over again, and expecting the same result. Well, yeah, it's like they went for it. They're like, we're expecting <laughs> this result, and this is what we're gonna get, and it works. Oh and it man! Sound, and it sounds like like both of us when we share about this album, it sounds like we're dissonant, and we're no. not because no. it's good. It's, this is such a great. Re- I've never laughed this much in a yeah. good way. It's it's good. It's good. So whatever, wherever you guys are right now, no. Goodbye, world. Seriously. Drop your track. Drop it. Here it comes. Yes. So it's my turn again, right? Yeah. Let's hear your band. All right. So this is an interesting album as well. EP, I should say, right? Yeah. Five tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Five tracks. EP. Um, Band is Consecrate. Consecrate. The album or the EP is Trials. It came out 12121 the day before my birthday. Uh, Yeah. And uh, they're from Malaysia. They are indeed. So this is like what the third band that we've reviewed from the Far East, I think. Yeah. So good stuff going on out there. Um, I actually, I actually found this album on my birthday. It was, it came up in uh, on Spotify, like as a recommended, like birthday new gift. release or whatever. Yeah, beautiful birthday <laughs> gift. Um, and honestly, what caught my attention is the cover. Like. Mm. Talk about the cover. The 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 <laughs> cover is well, when I saw it, I was just like, what? Uh 
And uh, I just want to encourage everybody, you need to go and you could go to the uh, Spotify set list for Coffee and Hardcore and you can find, we'll put a couple songs by these guys on there and you can see the album cover for yourself. But it definitely has um, what I, I would say on one side, it has a member of the Ku Klux Klan. And on the other side, I believe it is a Black Panther. Would you? I would say that's the depiction that they're going for. Oh, you think so? I couldn't. I couldn't. I was trying to figure it out, um, and I was kind of like, "What is going on with this?" And then I listened to it, and I was like, "Okay, this this this, <laughs> this is pretty crazy." And I started checking out some of the lyr- lyrical content. So I was like, "Okay, so they're definitely not pro KKK." <laughs> so this is good right uh, yeah um, i'm i'm looking at the photo right now it's hard to tell what the other guy who's not a kkk member is because it's it's kind of blurry yeah like they kind of it looks like he has a mustache yeah i don't know he's wearing a black jacket his arms are crossed yeah it could be any it could be anybody it could be anybody but it i could, could but anybody but from the from the content of the album, you can I, I would say that they're definitely speaking out uh, against racism and the trials of uh, you know having to fight against that for most of your life. So that's what I from the lyrical content from what I can guess. Yeah. I mean, it's because the cover confused me, to be honest. It did. And the cover did confuse <laughs> me. And it almost made me like, I don't want to, I don't want right. to, like, I was like, I don't want to remember listen. that. I don't want, I don't want to listen to this. And then I saw who it says recommended if you like, you know, like kind of like down at the bottom where you saw other bands. And I'm like, yeah. well, that's strange because I dig all these other bands. And so that's when I started looking them up on Instagram after I listened to it. I was like, this is really good. Um, but let's see. Sorry, <laughs> got caught up in the in the cover, but yeah, the whole EP, the guitar tone is brutal. Uh, it's unique. It's different. Um, it kind of reminds me. I don't know how to explain this. Like um, back in the '90s, I remember a couple of bands used to play uh, live gigs with what would be called like a the amp was called a soft tech. Okay, and they had a distortion pedal that went with it, and I can't remember the name of the distortion pedal, but it reminds me of that brutalness, like that amp that I remember that 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 um, uh, tube head amp from Russia. It was called a Sovtech, and it was so heavy. And the, the guitar tone, when I heard it, automatically reminded it reminded me of that. So it's very unique. I don't hear that so much uh, anymore. Uh, <clears throat> some of that. Uh, some of the guitar parts when it's, when it's happening almost sometimes sounds like it's out of tune, Mm. but in a good way, it's like makes it obnoxious and, and gritty and in your face and it just bites. It's just like, it's just like cutting. It's so, it's so different and heavy. And honestly, I love, I love the whole, I love the whole album. It makes you just want to, punch somebody in the face it's so good <laughs> punch but, a kkk member in the face yes yes uh punch, <laughs> punch a punch a punch a racist right in the face punch that uh, old racist down at the traffic store <laughs> um but the track i dig is eyes closed i really dig that that track 
Yeah, that is a good one. Yeah. You're dropping that, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to drop it right now. Okay. I think it's great. I think when you sent it to me again, the album cover threw me for a loop and I was like, ah, I don't know about this, but I think it's <laughs> five solid tracks. The last uh, on the last track, uh, love like this, the guitar solo is yes. so crazy. <laughs> it's in uh, it's, it's epic. Yes. In all of the sense of that word, it is so epic. It rails. It, it goes off the rails, it comes back on, it's amazing. Um, I don't know, the, I don't know how this guitar player learned how to play. Like when I listen to it, I hear the band, but then I hear this guitar player and I'm like, dude, this dude shreds. Yeah. Like yeah. this is the, like they formed this band around this guy, didn't they? <laughs> like, like he's like hey, i want to be in a band oh you can play guitar and he's just like they're like okay we'll make a band right right <laughs> just for you to to show off your guitar <laughs> solos I, but, uh, but, ser but seriously i like the vocals i like the gang shout backup vocals a lot yeah yeah my favorite track is trials and tribulations okay probably because it's different from all the other tracks it it's weird because it, it kind of takes you on like this crazy magic it's so awesome it twisted up my tongue but but in all seriousness <laughs> it takes you on like this crazy magical musical journey yeah uh from crazy amazing guitars <laughs> to 
the vocal melody to the weird off-timing drums towards the end of the weird breakdown at the end. I don't know how to describe it. I know it sounds like I'm taking crazy pills, but if you listen to this, you'd be like, this is a trip. Right. Uh, I, I don't know. I like the vocals. I like when he does the, when he like does the echo thing. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. I, it's I, awesome. I know I'm, I'm, I know I'm probably supposed to like that track the least because it seems like I would. Um, and I know the band at, has like a tool vibe at times, but I absolutely love it. Let's drop trials and tribulations now. Boom. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know what's interesting is I think the drummer for that band is the vocalist as well. Whoa. Yeah. For real? Yeah, for real. I think so. And 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 some of the footage that I got that I saw, which is not a whole lot, um, it totally looks like the singer is the only one that has a microphone. Or the singer, the drummer is the only one that has the microphone. Weird. That means yeah. he'd be crazy talented. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty intense. Dude, this whole album is intense. Yeah. Yeah. It melted my face completely. <laughs> I liked it. It was a good album. It is good. All right. So what's you got one more? I think I do. You do. I got a therapy from San Diego, California. Boom. Boom. Um, I guess maybe it's just called Therapy EP 2020. Yeah. I don't know. It didn't really have a name. But it's five tracks released January of 2020. And Native Skullcrack recommended this band to me. So I thought I should do the checkout. And I did. Uh, you were glad. Gu- <laughs> I was glad. The guitar work is fast and delicious. Yes. But I mean, that's fitting, right? Because it had like, it seriously had skull crack guitar vibes. And so when I heard the guitar in, in this band, I was like, well, that just makes sense that Nate would send this to me because it sounds like a band they would play with or that they're inspired by. Right. And I thought that was great. I love the heavy, screaming, gritty vocals so very much. As you know, I like those. Oh, yeah. Uh, Everything about this 7-inch record is purely amazing. It's fast. It's angry. It's put together well. It's played extremely well. The musicianship is phenomenal. Nothing but good things to say about this record. It is noisy. Yeah. It's (laughs) It's seriously pissed off. Uh, I don't know. I guess I was in the mood for two noisy records. I guess I picked the most noisy <laughs> records of the podcast <laughs> this time around. Um, but I actually put up like a Facebook uh, thing saying, hey, can people help me find bands for the Coffee Hardcore podcast? And this was one of them. Nate reached out and I really I checked out a bunch of them and I really, really like this one. Um, so Nate, you delivered. Thank you so much. But my track that I love is void. I love the spacey sparse guitars in the beginning that just kick in hard. So let's drop void. Let's do it.
What do you think, Mick? All right. So here's what I think. I love the vocals. They're yes. they're snotty and sassy. And the vocalist sounds like the leader of a zombie horde. Ooh, like that. <laughs> Coming to like just annihilate everything. Uh, I love the bass tone so much. Um the bass tone makes me want to smash windows. Ooh. Like it's just I love it. A whole new side of you. Yeah. <laughs> well, this album is just chaotic and and just nasty and um, very, 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 very just snotty and just gets you kind of riled up. Like, it yeah. just And I feel like I'm like from the vocals, I feel like I'm getting punched in the face. Like, I got to get your attention. So I'm like bitten slapped in that area, like just wake it <laughs> woken up. And then, you know, like the guitar is just fast and brutal um yeah i i i was really glad you sent this to me i was like yeah i i dig this quite a bit um i like the song omen like that one yeah yeah it's pretty killer and it is it's just pure evil (laughs) what are we waiting for let's let people hear it here it comes It was. Again, thank you to Nate of Skullcrack for recommending this band to me. Yeah. We appreciate it. Thanks, Nate. You, you've made our day. You crazy, crazy bastard. <laughs> so don't forget, you can check out the tracks uh, from, uh, from these bands. We'll put them on uh, the Spotify set list for Coffee and Hardcore. And, of course, any other bands that we've talked about during this whole episode. Yeah, <laughs> and honestly, there there might this this set list might be pretty long. We got a lot of bands that was recommended on this. That's true. Ah, <laughs> uh, good stuff. Time for the next level. Yeah. Thanks for sticking around for yet another episode of the 
Coffee and I go podcast. So, hey, listen, always check out the links that we post that has all the bands, all the coffee, all the good stuff that we talk about in the show. You'll find them in the in the show links. So check those out. We got a good show for you next month. Oh, yeah. Uh, the plan here is to have Bitter Truth on to talk about their new record. Ooh. And just a little uh, tidbit of information, a little sneak peek. It's probably the best record that I've personally heard on the podcast that we've listened to or reviewed on the podcast. Yeah. You agree? Oh, You're shaking your head? I, no, no. Yes. I, I, I agree. It's pretty, it's pretty killer. It's a killer album. So I'm excited to uh, talk to those guys, talk to them about that album and uh, let them share a little bit about what they got going on. So that'll be cool. I so don't know, gonna... man. This record might take them to a new level. Ah, yeah, I think so. Like for real. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, like, for, real, like, for real, for real, for real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I was, I we, I know I already sent you my notes to the next thing, but, and I won't get into it too much. But I was listening to that, and it was inspiring. Oh yeah, no, and they just keep getting better from the demo till now. They they've just gotten ridiculous. For sure. Yeah, but hey, listen, uh, make sure you uh, share the podcast, make sure you like it, make sure you add it to your playlists and all that jazz. And also, if you are listening to this on iTunes right now, please leave us a star review because it gets us out in front of more people. It helps us out. I know most of you listen to this on Spotify because that's where a lot so we, of, we look at the numbers. We do. That's where a lot of people are. But iTunes also helps us out. And, and anywhere else, if you listen to, to Google Podcasts or what is the other one? Uh, I can't remember. Stitcher, whatever it is. Help us out. Leave us a review. Wiley doesn't like it, but it does help us spread the word. Share it on your Facebook and Instagram too, you punks. Punks. You hardcore <laughs> punks. You fart knockers. Hey, we're out of here. So uh, we're going we're gonna to try to do this together. Uh, right. Nick and I ready? Okay, okay. We're out of here. One, two, three. See you later, later you fart knocker. <laughs> Let's do it again. All right. One, All right. two, three. See, See you, you later. later you fart knockers. knockers. That was so terrible. Close enough. Let's see who can say it first. All right, ready? Yeah. One, two, three. See you later, fart, See later, fart knockers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no one's gonna listen to us again. Goodbye! Uh.